I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Into now the final half hour of today's episode, number 210. Pretty good. We are moving right along. You remember, uh, was it last week? I got a a flu shot, did it right here on the air, walked outside. uh, The Utah County Department of Health came uh, right here. I'm sorry, the Salt Lake County Department of Health came right here to, to broadcast house and their mobile station there was able to administer to me my, my flu shot. I got that because I, I'm an advocate. Uh, I think that uh, the flu shot is a very good thing. And once the COVID-19 vaccine uh, makes itself uh, available to me, I will uh, sign up and get vaccinated. I'll encourage my family uh, and, and little baby, if appropriate, to do exactly the same. Uh, I'd encourage you to to consider that as well. Uh, we have been, The reason I bring up those two uh, viruses is that we are moving into the flu season again at a time where the coronavirus is itself flaring up and leading to some pretty scary numbers here in the state of Utah. Nationwide, it is a concern uh, held by doctors far and wide that the, uh, the, the, the crossing of paths of these two uh, diseases could be uh, could be troubling. Doctors warn it could be difficult to differentiate between COVID and flu symptoms. Dr. Fauci even in August discussed the impact of both the flu and COVID. With the likelihood that we'd have a convergence of two respiratory diseases, we could have a very difficult time. CDC Director uh, Dr. Redfield, he's the one that has the uh, the neck beard. Uh, in July, uh, he talked about the flu. Was <laughs> that disrespectful? Uh, he's, a, he's a trusted scientist who's trying to steer our country to great health and uh, success, and I'm making fun of his beard. Well, I'm petty that way. Uh, CDC director, he's a good man, accomplished uh, scientist and doctor. I'm grateful to him for his service. Uh, he, in July, talked about uh, how the flu and COVID will have an impact. I think those two respiratory pathogens hitting us at the same time do have the potential to stress our health system. So I've been focusing on this pretty heavily, on these two uh, viruses and how it is that we uh, can best position ourselves to you know, be safe as they are both now circulating uh, amongst our society. And I was all the more uh, interested in this topic when I saw that the Red Cross has taken an interest in getting the message out. Joining me now is Rich Woodruff with the American Red Cross. Uh, Rich, sir, how are you? Well, I'm doing well, thank you. I appreciate you having us on today. It's always uh, a pleasure to join you. Yeah. Uh, Tell me why the Red Cross is concerned about these two illnesses right now. Well, you know, the Red Cross, uh, we've always been very, very closely aligned with the medical community, especially our biomed blood services. Uh, you know, we retain chief medical officers, uh, volunteer RNs, uh, are part of the staff, training experts, first aid, all that sort of thing. It's part of the culture that we live in is uh, preparedness. 
and getting messaging out that helps uh, make communities more resilient and more uh, protected from uh, disasters large and small. And this is a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Only compounded by the fact that we've got these two uh, seasons coming at us pretty heavily. Uh, What are the differences between the two that folks should be on the lookout for? Well, you know, uh, all this information, by the way, is on our website. Of course, it's important to know. A disclaimer, I'm not an MD, but what what I can do is I can share what we do know uh, within the medical community. Uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, it, it's, it's very difficult as these two viruses converge because there's a lot of similarity uh, that overlap. Uh, but what we do know, there are some distinctives um, that, uh, that could give you some clue as to maybe it, it could be more uh, COVID than, than regular influenza. For example, a change in loss or uh, a change in or loss of taste and mm-hmm. smell, that seems to be one of the signatures. Uh, a lot of labor breathing, trouble breathing, persistent pressure, pain. Uh, one of the other ones that uh, the medical uh, community has discovered is bluish lips or face. So, those are some of the signs, but of course, we would always recommend to uh, you know check with your your, your family doctor, and make sure that uh, you know which where you're at. And, and frankly, it could be both, uh, which is a very ominous uh, sign this time of year. So, uh, gotta be real real careful. What's been the impact of this pandemic on blood donations? Uh, we appreciate you asking. Yeah, at the, at the very outset, especially uh, because it had a huge impact, uh, and in large part because 80% of the blood drives held at the Red Cross are hosted; they're off-site. So think about the closure of businesses and schools and all those venues, uh, churches that host blood drives. When those blood drives started canceling, it created quite a shortfall for us uh, that we really had to compensate for and really get the message out to. Uh, to find other alternate locations and our fixed site locations to try to offset some of that deficit. And the public did step up, and uh, but it's all, the need's always critical for blood. So uh, we've, we've definitely felt the impact, and, and we've adjusted accordingly to try to offset it. Uh, Producer Amy uh, passed me a note a moment ago letting me know that uh, you are offering uh, something alongside the donation of blood, uh, including an antibody test. Well, you know, that's a, that's a big thing right now. You've probably seen about this in the news. Uh, for your listeners, just to give you some basic fundamental background, uh, antibodies, of course, are produced uh, as an immunity uh, uh, part of uh, when you get a virus, of, of course. So in the case of COVID-19, if you've been infected, your body will have antibodies that do show up. Uh, and that, of course, uh, bolsters your immune system. So uh, anyone that is giving blood automatically will be tested for antibodies. And uh, what that means that, uh, is that if you have had the antibodies, you have an opportunity to donate plasma. The program is called Convalescent Plasma. Uh, it's, the concept has been around for quite some time. But what that means is that when you donate your plasma to somebody infected with the virus, it bolsters their immune system and could, and could really uh, help them in the recovery process. And so if nothing else, uh, someone donating blood to the Red Cross could find out if, uh, if they have uh, COVID-19 antibodies. And then ultimately, if they're yeah, qualified to then participate in one of these convalescent plasma programs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because we do know a lot of uh, those that, that get the virus are uh, not symptomatic, right? Asymptomatic. Right. And so if, if you had a doubt, it's, it's a great way that we can offer that to the public uh, as a way when they donate blood, they will automatically get tested for that. And it could really, uh, you know, educate them. Plus, it gives them an opportunity to really contribute to helping the cause and, and the therapy of treating uh, the COVID virus. 100%. Rich Woodruff with the American Red Cross. What's the website, sir? Uh, redcross.org. 
uh, or redcrossblood.org if you want to make a donation appointment. But yeah, redcross.org uh, Red gets you in the door. Pretty intuitive website and a lot of good information to share. Outstanding. Thank you so much for your time and for your service. Rich Woodruff, again, with the American Red Cross, my guest. Uh, We're going to take a break right now. When we return, uh, we're going to spend the final moments of today's episode of Live Mike looking at the wildfire record of the state of Utah this year. We have set some unfortunate records. Luckily, there's something we can do about it. We'll find out what next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.